Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 3. Here's Pastor Ryan. Again, we ask your just anointing upon your word. Overflow your Holy Spirit upon me, upon us. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. So we were right in the middle of a tremendous healing here in the early church in the book of Acts through Peter and John being at the temple. They healed a man who was lame from his mother's womb. He could not walk. He had no strength in his legs. And this had been his whole life. This is who what this man had suffered. And this man would be placed at the gate called Beautiful at the temple to beg for or ask for alms or money, if you will. This is what he would do. Others would place him at the temple and he would ask for alms. He did basically what he can do. There's a lesson in in this man begging that uh, should be uh, learned from us and to be aware of uh, by us that you know there's no shame in begging when a person cannot work there's no shame in begging when a person cannot work and this man is is you know he can't work but yet he's being placed there so that he can at least ask for alms it's honorable you have to beg that's the right way 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. It's a godly thing. Every, you know, a man should work. A man should work. I uh, have a troubled time with those who maybe the wife works and the husband doesn't. I've always had a, a problem with that. You know, and... and if you in, or if you're in that condition, or you know someone in that condition, it's not a good thing. A man should work. A man should provide for his household. A man should pound the pavement and do what he can to get a job. Not sit around and wait all day and just hope and pray and sit around and do nothing. A man should do what he can. Amen. I have an issue with those who beg who can work. You know what I mean? It's like you're driving and you're exhausted from work. And you know, there's some young guy just hanging out with his young girlfriend, you know, asking for, for, for money, for food. And you think, man, I'm exhausted. I've worked all day, you know, hard. And I have a real trouble giving to those in that condition. But those that are older, those that are handicapped, I'm more apt to, to help them with money. I really am. That's just, but you know, the Holy Spirit can lead you in whatever. But I see throughout scriptures, you know, one of the lessons, you know, it's not just we're, we're watching how the early church operated or began, but we also learn from them these lessons. This man was placed there to do something because he could not work. We need to be those who work if we can. And Peter said to him, to the man, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do, get, what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. 
and he began to, or and immediately his ankles received strength, and he began to leap for joy, and began to walk and to praise God. And when the people saw him, they marveled and gathered around him at the porch called Solomon's. And so this was something that the people saw just happen. They saw this, and the people are marveling, and they've surrounded this guy, and they've surrounded Peter and John. It's a glorious thing. It's a beautiful picture, spiritually, of us who, have, who were lame from our mother's womb, born spiritually dead, needing to be born again, as Jesus said. And when we came... Uh, by, by faith to come alive in Christ, we too leaped. We too had joy. We too praised the Lord and began to walk. And so uh, it, it's a good reminder. Maybe some of us need that reminder this morning. And so uh, in verse 12, we read, So when Peter saw it, he saw the people marveling around him. He responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us, as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? This is a tremendous statement from Peter. Remember, when the night before the Lord went to the cross, they were still arguing who would be greatest in the kingdom of God. No, I'm going to be greatest. No, you're go- oh, I'm going to be, you're going to be. All of the disciples were still worried about who's going to have the greater position in the kingdom of God because they thought Jesus was going to establish his kingdom here on earth and that they would take their place and their, 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 they were you know, fighting over who would be the greatest. And we see Peter filled with the Spirit of God. Look at how he responds to the people wanting to look to them as if he was special, as if he was, you know, uh, you know, a glorious person. But it's God who healed this man, not Peter, not John. They were just instruments. But there is a tendency for people to want to give glory or honor or, or adulation to the instrument rather than to God. And we learn from Peter right away this thing about pride. Pride is the worst sin in the Bible. Pride means, is defined, has been defined by, uh, was it Andrew Murray, honey? Yeah, Andrew Murray. I'm a, I'm a tennis fan, so I get confused with Andy, the tennis player from England. Andy Roddick. No, not Andy Roddick. He's U.S. I think it's Andy, Andy, whatever. (laughs) He retired. I think he's trying to make a comeback. But anyways, uh, Andrew Murray, he said that pride is, the definition of pride is self-sufficiency. The definition of humility is dependency on God. And so we see this with Peter. He understands, this is not of me. This is not of John. Don't look upon us. We're dependent on God. God made this man whole. And that's very important because pride is wicked. Pride is what got Lucifer into trouble. He was a beautiful angel, as you know. And rather than give God the glory for that and be grateful for that, he wanted God's job. He wanted to take God's glory away. And it's a very serious lesson that we need to learn. 
giving God the glory for all the good that he does in your life. Giving God the glory. Because our flesh wants to be recognized. Our flesh wants to be adulated by people. Our flesh needs to die. Paul says, make no provision for your flesh. Andrew Murray also said that every spiritual success will be the result of humility. And every spiritual failure will be the result of pride. I am so glad in the journey that God has placed me in and being an assistant pastor for four years and then being a senior pastor for now, you know, almost 11 years. It was a slow process. Slow because God knew if he was any quicker with me, my head would be so big it would explode. So it needed to be slow for my sake. The disciples had to learn. They could not trust in themselves. They could not glory in themselves. My goodness, it wasn't long ago that Peter had denied him three times in one night. But now he's a completely changed man, filled with the Holy Spirit, where his desire is to serve the Lord for God's glory. And too easily, our flesh, man, just wants to, you know, show how much knowledge you have. Just, just a little, just show them. And that's why the Bible says... Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Love, love, giving glory to God. That's what's important. Not using God's knowledge, not using the wisdom God gives us, not using uh, the blessings that God gives us to glorify ourselves. Oh, you know how many cars I have? You know how much money? You know, people are worldly. They want to show themselves to be successful in this world. Where throughout the New Testament, we see people redirecting glory to God throughout scriptures. Think about John the Baptist. He must increase and I must what? Decrease. Because when pride seeks to use others to stroke one's glory, one's ego. Pride is, is using God's people as an instrument for, for selfish ambition. You ever see it that way? It's hurting people just so that you can feel good about yourself. That's, that's not, that's not Christ-like. He made himself of no reputation. And we need to be that way. And be careful, because the, the more conscious we are of needing to be humble and asking God in prayer for that humility, the more conscious we are, the more he can use us. The more he can bless us, the more he can put more money in your hands, more influence in your life, in the community, at, at work, you'll climb the ladder, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll exalt you because he sees that you're consciously humbling yourself, taking the place of a, of a servant, taking the place of man, you know what, I don't want to, you know, you know, let another man praise you and not your own lips, the Bible says. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will raise you up in due season. Those who serve at Sweet Hills are amazing people, amazing folks who have been willing to do anything. It wasn't like, you know what, hey, you know, I have the gift of teaching put me up here. <laughs> you know? It's like, sorry, I'm already up there. <laughs> But it's like, you know, it's like, you, you know, don't play, put yourself, the Bible says, in a, the place of, of, the, of, 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 of honor. Let, let them ask you. Let them ask you. So these are lessons that I've had to learn the very hard way. 
I think the church could have been this size after year five had I gotten it, but I didn't get the lesson, so it took forever. I'm learning. And, and this is, our flesh will always, no matter what new blessing God gives you, the devil's going to be right there, tantalizing your flesh. Just, just tell him how cool you are, how, how, how successful you are. You know, and it's like, not, nah, you know. And people, like pastors will ask each other, well, how many people do you have at your church or whatever, you know? And, I, and I'm just asking God, show me a way to respond where it's like I'm not just like stroking my ego. And, and the one answer that the Lord gave me was, tell him the Lord has given me this many souls to take care of. You know what I mean? I love Peter's response. I love Peter's response. He, he redirects. So we must learn to redirect that attention. Again, people always want to, you know, look upon the instrument like they're something. And we're not, you know. I mean, throughout scriptures, we are told, watch out, right? Romans 12, 3, says, Paul says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Don't think highly of yourself. I love it when, when, when athletes do good and they give glory to God and mean it, you know? <laughs> but has he given you a home, an apartment, a car? Has he given you food? Do you thank him for it? First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 through 31, you know it well, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things which are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that... As it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence and power may be of God and not of us. That's all you hear, like, of God. I'm nobody, it's God. I'm nobody, it's God. I'm nobody, it's God. It's God. It's God. You know? And we can say that really nice today. But a year from now, will we still be saying it's God? It's God. If you're willing to do that, and I'm willing to do that, there'll be so many more people that we can minister to. Because God will make sure, because God, God, God will make those appointments. Because he knows that it won't get to your head or mine. As long as we live that. But I also have learned that he does give honor. He does give glory. The type that doesn't destroy us, though. Right? In Psalm 63, verse 11, it says, But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. Shall glory. You know, I remember before when I was in the world, we used to, I used to fight more guys. I used to be out there to try to build up my, my reputation as a tough guy or whatever. Seeking respect. Seeking Respect, this false, disgusting respect of the world. And then when you come to Jesus and we humble ourselves, 
and we're willing to take the least position, clean toilets, sweep whatever, do whatever, years later, he, he lifts you up and you get honor and respect that is from the Lord. Man, it's, it's a good thing. So anyways, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. And just speaking to his Jewish countrymen, the Israelites. And he connects Jesus to the Old Testament prophets. Right? He just beautifully letting them know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your God, basically speaking to the Israelites, your God, our God, he sent his servant Jesus. And just connecting them to the reality that their scriptures, their prophets, all spoke about the Messiah. We need the Old Testament today when many churches are not even touching the Old Testament. Do you understand that? It's a, it's, it's, it's a rarity for a church to teach through the Old Testament. People are hating on it. When the Old Testament speaks to who Jesus is, it prophesies about Jesus Christ the Messiah. A quarter of the Bible is prophecy. And the Old Testament points to who the Lord is. So we need to be those who elevate the whole counsel of God, who promote the Old and New Testament. We only know that the New Testament is legitimate because the Old Testament confirms it, guys. And so he's connecting them. This is of God. The God of our fathers sent his servant Jesus. It was spoken about. We believe the Bible because of its prophecies. We believe it because the prophecies have come true and are coming true. This is why no matter what is taking place today, we have the answers in the Word of God to what's going to happen. We have it. We have it uh, in the Bible. It teaches us that at the end, Christians win. But he's connecting them. Peter refers to Jesus as the Lord's servant. And that's what Jesus... Oh, is. That's what he was when he was on earth. He was the servant of the Father, to do the Father's will. How many times did our Lord say, I came to do my Father's will? And, and, and that's really what a servant is. A Christian servant is one who says and lives, I do what God's will is. I serve him. I serve him. My Lord was a servant. He's referred to as a servant in scriptures. Then I should, be re uh, re uh, I should be referred to as a servant of the Lord. We must seek to serve the Lord. I know I preach it a lot, guys, but because well, I'm told, Paul said, continually, constantly remind them to do good works. So don't get mad at me. <laughs> serve the Lord. Jesus said, you know, he who serves me, my Father will honor. There has to be something we can do for the Lord. In his house. None of this everywhere else. You didn't hear this everywhere else. You heard it in his house. There's always things to do here. You can volunteer here. The more the merrier. We had about close to 40 servants at our church now. 40. That's amazing. That blows my mind. You know, praise the Lord for that. I'm so grateful for all of them. You know, pray about it. Pray about it. In Hebrews 10, 7, uh, 
it says then, then I said, this is Jesus speaking, Behold, I have come, in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. I have come to do your will. If there is ever a, a, a reason why we've been saved, can you answer why you, why did he save? Why did God save you? To do his will. To serve him. Ah, he just saved me to be a good dad and a good soccer mom. That's how I serve the Lord. No, 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 you're deceiving yourself. Even the heathens do that. What better are we? No. Share your faith. Get involved. What can we do? Jesus said, remember to the disciples, who's, who? He said, for who is greater in Luke twenty two twenty seven? For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as one who serves. Yet I am among you as one who serves. Yet I am among you as one who serves. Oh man, I thought church was like the movies. <laughs> Entertainment. Just watch you do your thing. Ah, we're a living, breathing body. When one member suffers, we all suffer. If one person's doing all the work, then we all suffer. But if we all do the work, it's less work. <laughs> But he said, uh, verse 13, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. A little more commentary on what happened when Jesus was before Pilate. Like, we knew he wanted to let him go. But Peter uses a strong word here, determined. He was determined to let him go. But Pilate ranked out, did he not? He succumbed to the crowd. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. And His name, through faith in His name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through Him has given Him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. That's a beautiful statement right here, which he'll say a few times. It's his name. Jesus' name is a powerful name. And he's saying it's by Jesus' name. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in that name is what made this man whole, sound today. It's faith in that name. Name above all names, is it not? In his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. The name is powerful. The name Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that holds weight. And we know that in biblical times, a name has everything to do with a person's character. Generally, I should say, there are exceptions. Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh, God, the Lord is salvation. Jesus' is name there's a lot in that name. What does that name mean to us today? But the truth of that powerful name is that it's directly connected to the person who is using that name, what it means to them. Because many people claim the name of Jesus Christ 
and they don't sincerely have faith in him nor desire to follow him. But they throw his name, oh, praise God. Christianese stuff, oh, in Jesus' name. But their life is like in total rebellion to God. They have not surrendered to God, but they throw that name out. As if that name, just because they said it, it's going to benefit them. And I would disagree. I, I believe it's connected directly to the person who's calling out that name. If we call out in sincerity, we shall be saved. He who calls on the name of the Lord. It's with sincerity. Many people have called upon the name of the Lord and nothing's changed. Nothing has happened because within their heart, within their own person, they have no desire to give up their own will and follow the will of God. So it's not just throwing the name out, but are you living for that name? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.